want to say thank you also to the uh, to the interim search committee for their work in, in bringing me here. It, um, is, is one of those things that um, is is uh, a challenging task. And I, I want you to know they really did an extensive background search on me. Okay, uh, they went back 40 years uh, to to make sure that I was okay uh, and. Uh, what they didn't do was go back 43 years. <laughs> and if they'd gone back 43 years, they would have discovered that the very first church that I served as, as uh, an internship was a church on a lake. Uh, it was a new church development. I was the very first pastor that church had. Uh, and uh, they, it was this beautiful view out this window. They didn't have a church building yet, so we met Okay, it was in the bar of an Elks Club, okay? Uh, and they just put a sheet over the bar and turned the chairs around, and we had a wonderful time worshiping on the lake. And that lake was in Houghton Lake, Michigan. So I feel like I've come back home again. It is wonderful to be here uh, in the great state of Michigan in this wonderful, wonderful congregation that I have heard about for a long time. Let us come before God in the, uh, in the Scripture. We're, we're going to be looking at various portions of the book of Acts. Um, and uh, I will begin today with Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Listen for the word of the Lord. In the first book, in the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait, to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it's not for you to know the times or the days when the Father has set by his own authority, which the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, <clears throat> I uh, have to admit, uh, everybody has their favorite uh, books of the Bible, and then they have their unfavorite books of the Bible. Uh, I have. The book of Acts was perhaps one of my unfavorite books of the Bible, and I'll tell you why. 
Uh, you see, when I was in college, I felt the call to ministry, and my minister said, you know, if you take your Greek in college, uh, then you won't have to take it in seminary. You'll be able to take more classes. And I thought that was a great idea, so I took my Greek when I was a junior in college. Uh, and uh, went and had a wonderful time at seminary. And at the very end of my seminary experience, oh, by the way, that first Greek class, we translated the entire book of Acts word for word. Uh, I can't tell you how exciting that was. Uh, and at the very end of seminary, uh, my, my committee on ministry uh, informed me that, that I needed to take an exegesis class, and I said I'd already taken a translation class, and they said, no, no, it has to say exegesis in the title. And I said, okay, and I looked, and the only class that was available was a class on translating the book of Acts. So I have translated the book of Acts from the Greek twice, <laughs> and then I developed a slight allergy to the book of Acts. <laughs> But uh, a few years ago, I happened to open up my Greek New Testament, and uh, there I saw at the top of the page in, in this book of the Bible, it said, Praxis. And I went, Praxis? And I, 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 I know what that means. And I looked it up in the dictionary, the theological dictionary for Greek, and it said, Praxis means action. And all of a sudden, Instead of looking at the small vision of word-for-word of -word translation in, in this book, I saw that this is the book of action, and you need to read the whole thing. You need to see it from a Hubble telescope point of view and to, and to see the big picture of where they're going. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Um, I, I want to start out with saying book of action. In the book of Action, chapter 1, there are only 120 people in the whole church. In the whole church, there's only about as many people as are in this sanctuary this morning. One of their key leaders, Judas, had voted himself off the island, which means they lost 8% of their leadership in that church. Can you imagine how disruptive that was? But they decided... God is calling us forward. What do we do? We'll cast lots. That's what the Bible says. Translated, that means they rolled dice. <laughs> they rolled dice to figure out who the next leader was going to be. And, 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 you know, I really want to say thank you to the search committee because they have rolled some dice and taken a chance on me being here with you. The book of action begins with taking a chance on new leadership. Chapter 2 in the book of Action, the church gathers together. They gather together, they eat together, they talk together, they worship together, they pray together, they give together, they give astoundingly together. That's part of all of those things coming together. It was so profound, nobody had any need because the church pooled their resources and anybody who had any need, the church would take care of them, which I mean, I take to mean they didn't have any college loans in the for early church because the church took care of anybody who had any need. It was an amazing, an amazing community that were embodying the type of activity that Jesus had when Jesus was a among them. And they practice this. They practice this for 40 days while they're there waiting, waiting, 
waiting. They're tired of waiting, but they're doing these things that are being the church. And all of a sudden, one day, the Holy Spirit shows up. And, and, and we know the story of Pentecost, right? In the story of Pentecost, it's like everybody was on fire. You know, I, I, I want to channel my inner uh, Alicia Keys and sing, this church is on fire! They're on fire! And all of a sudden, all these people who are around them, who speak all of these other languages, who are so different, there's all these walls drawn up around them, all of these other people start to connect with the people in the church. And on that one day, on that one day, because these 120 people Uh, These 120 people connected with people around them. The church grew by 3,000 members. Are you ready for the Holy Spirit to come here? Because that is what the Scripture sets up in the book of Action, that profound things can happen. Take a look at the book of Action, chapter 3. In chapter 3, they keep on They keep on living and sharing, and they start loving one another. They share the story of Jesus in chapter um, 4. They share it with people who are hurting. And what happens in chapter 4? Another 2,000 people join the church. Well, who's out there that you know who's hurting and who needs the message of love that Christ gives? That's what we are about, is sharing that message of love, and it is magnetic as we share that message. Then we connect with people, and the church naturally grows. Chapter 5, in the book of Action, they get inspired, even courageous, and all these men of the church decide it's time to treat women as if they were equals, and they're invited into the church. Can you imagine a world where women are treated as equals? Well, it happened in the early church, and it says even more, the church began to grow. Chapter 6 in the book of Action, they restructure the deacons. Now, that is not the most exciting prospect unless you're a Presbyterian who knows to to the marrow of your bones that we have to do things decently and in order. And when we do that, life gets better. And the deacons restructure, they, they, they do things decently and in order, and they start to grow even more because they're able to care for the insiders as well as the outsiders. Are there people inside of your church who are hurting, who need to be cared for? When that happens, when that happens broadly, then all of a sudden, when you're structured to take care of, of people who are hurting, the church grows even more. Chapter 8 in the book of Action John takes the message to the Samaritans. The Samaritans, those are the people who live across the border. You know, people who are across the border can be controversial. Uh, They're different. They have different culture, different ways, different backgrounds. I have a friend who lives in Montana. He goes to a bar, and the bar says, Canadians, keep out. You know, sometimes those people across the border are threatening. Those, those Canadians can be that way. But, you know, when they start inviting those people across the border to come and be part of the message of the love of Jesus Christ, the church grows even more. The book of Action, chapter 8, they proclaim the gospel to a high-ranking Ethiopian eunuch. 
Ethiopian, meaning from Africa, meaning another country, another continent, another race, a eunuch, someone who is sexually controversial, a high-ranking person. He's a bureaucrat. Uh, and, and so they're even inviting the bureaucrats. That's how open they are. Imagine a church with no barriers to membership. Um, and so here you have a church proclaiming the good news to gay Canadian bureaucrats. And the church just keeps growing because they keep on knocking down walls and, and reaching out to all these other people. The book of Action, chapter 9, it starts out looking like a real downer a real downer because there's only one person in the new member class, and he is named Saul. Now this is not better call Saul, this is always avoid Saul. He was the one who was persecuting Christians, and and they were terrified of him. But what did Jesus say? Love your enemies? So they love this guy, and, and, and Jesus shows up in his life, And all of a sudden, he transforms from Saul to Paul, and then the church really blazes with fire and passion as they they go out into the world on his leadership, a church that is exploding with love. Chapter 10, the book of Action, a Roman soldier is added to the church. The church reaches out to the military. I want you to stop and think about that for a minute. One time, uh, a number of years ago, uh, the the President of the United States sent one of his generals out to go across the country and to talk to church leaders um, and and to give them a message. And I, I was in one of those groups, and this general came and said, you know, when our soldiers are fighting in these wars, they see some horrible, grisly things, and they are traumatized. And we need the churches to welcome these folks home so that they can heal from the trauma that they experience. See, that's what was going on in the early church. That, that someone who'd been in the military found a home in the, in, 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 the, in the love of God, in the grace that's experienced in church. That's what's going on, and it says, and the church grew even more. In the book of Action, chapter 11, the, verse, the church finds its voice and begins to speak to a new group of people, a group that they're very nervous about. It's, it's the Gentiles. These are people who had never been welcomed before. These people are us, our kind. Our people hadn't been welcomed. And now, controversial as we are, We were welcome, and that's why we're here today, because the church found a way to welcome all sorts of people, including us. I I like to say, you know, we have to have baptisms in the Presbyterian Church in worship because the whole family of God is welcome, and the whole family of God includes all the strange relatives like me. (laughs) The controversial Gentiles are welcomed in, and, and all of a sudden, the dream of the church begins to really take hold. Uh, and, and, and the church, from all of this experience, develops a new motto, a new mantra, a new meme. And it goes something like this. 
If somebody is controversial and you're not sure you should welcome in them into the church, then the mantra is, who am I to hold back God? Who am I to hold back God? The book of Action, chapter 11, they invite the intellectuals and then the church begins to have some other credibility with other groups of people. And I know that even today there are people who want to add a, a, an 11th commandment to the 10th commandment. They want the 11th commandment to be, thou shalt not commit science. <laughs> um, but, but the church welcomed the intellectuals and all of a sudden the church grew even more. Chapter 13 in the book of Action, they sail to Cyprus, uh, an island uh, nearby. They sail to Cyprus, and when they finish, the whole island begs them not to leave because what they had experienced was so profound and so transformative. That reminds me of, of John Knox as, uh, as a refugee coming to John Calvin's uh, uh, Geneva and, and saying that what he experienced in this whole city was closer to the kingdom of God than anything he had experienced on earth. And when I walked in here to the Kirk in the Hills and saw you've got John Knox and John Calvin and John Witherspoon on your windows, I realized this was a place that understands in its history that, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is to be something that transforms the world, transforms the, the sociology, the culture, and the politics. That's our heritage, and that's our call from God. Now, we're not even halfway through the book of Action, but you get the idea of what this book is about. I want to say we need to realize the Bible has a book of action because God wants us to be a people of action. The book of Action is a book for our times. Notice how they pay attention to numbers. I think in the mainline churches, uh, we've, we've forgotten that you have to pay attention to numbers. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we make excuses in the mainline churches. We say, well, not many people showed up, um, but those who were there had a great time. Uh, the book of action counts things. They have numbers because they're accountable to God and they're accountable to one another. There are some things that in the church, if it's not going well, if it's not growing, then that Jesus says, you know, put some fertilizer on, her, on, it, fertilizer on it, uh, dig around it, water it, give it another year, see how it goes. But if then it doesn't, then pull it up and do something new. That's where the church needs to be. I, I always like to say, you know, if 1955 ever comes again, the Presbyterian church is ready, <laughs> right? We need to have an openness to the Holy Spirit who says, it may be time for a new day. Be accountable, count things. That's part of what I'll do when I'm here is I'll help you assess things and see how are we doing. I'll do it a little bit from an outsider's perspective to give you some feedback so, so you can make some good decisions about where are we, what's the best of our past that we need to carry forward because it's valuable and it's core to who we are. 
And what are some other things that the Holy Spirit says, you know, it may be time for a new day. It may be time to let some things go. Uh, that's our discernment in this time when I'm here. I'm the bridge between your, the, 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 the past and the future, um, and I try and help you get ready for as strong a, a, a beginning for your next pastor as is possible so you can uh, make a great choice with who you are now and where you need to go next. Um, this is an exciting time for me, and I hope it's an exciting time for you um, because it, it has a, 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 a newness to it a feeling of starting over again. I always like the story that Steve Jobs told. Steve Jobs, um, you know, he founded Apple Computer, um, and having built up this wonderful company, then they turned around and fired him. Um, and, and at first he was very angry and upset, and, and then he, he gave a, a, a speech uh, to, I think it was the graduating class of Harvard a few years later, and he said what he realized later on was the heaviness had been replaced with the lightness of starting over again. I hope that in my time here that you feel the lightness of starting over again, of having some new beginnings in the life of the Kirk so that we can enjoy and be open to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. It is, it is a time of transformation and a time of hope and a time of expectation. Take a look at the book of action. Read it, 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 just those first 13 chapters to get a sense of what the church can do in the power of the Holy Spirit. They went from 150 to 3,000 to 5,000 and then it just exploded beyond that. And ask yourself, of the message that we have to share of the love of Jesus Christ, the grace that he gives. Who do you know who needs the love? Who do you know who needs the friendship? We live in a world that where people are being terribly alone. We have this friendship to share. Who needs the forgiveness that the church is well-practiced in? Who needs the hope that we have in the grace of God? Who needs the healing that can happen through the words and the deeds, the action and the acceptance of this people of God? Who needs the grace that we have to share? And who needs the meaning that only God can give? It is a new day, I know you have been waiting um, but we have been promised that we will be given power to be God's witnesses, to be Christ's witnesses, to break down walls, to open up imaginations, and to share the grace and love that we have been given, not for our own use, but to share with the world. And now, what we have to do is to begin by listening, listening for God to say to us, Action. Amen.